Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello. Ladies and gents. Boys and girls and welcome to episode 140A. We're getting up there. Tales with TR. I wouldn't know how many episodes we've actually done. This A and B stuff started, I don't know, probably 50 episodes ago. And uh, for the last year, at least, I believe I've been doing two a week, a little bit more than a year. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Ken Reed was a uh, frequent guest. Ken Reed was a bit of fun last week. Before I go on, I guess I need to say that one of my favorites and Ken's favorites and seniors' favorites, Bobby Hall passed away Bobby Hall of course 84 years old uh, first NHLer I believe to get more than 50 in a season and uh, legend with the Chicago Blackhawks and of course a lot of people pass over the fact he played seven full years in the WHA and senior playing against him and Andy Pine, good buddy, friend of the show, Andy Pine brought up a good point. He says, hey, TR, here's some podcast chatter for you. Bobby Hull scored 610 NHL goals and 303 WHA goals. <clears throat> okay, so there I guess you'd go for 913 overall goals. Gordy Howe's 801 plus 174. Gretzky is 894 plus 46. Why aren't those numbers talked about for Ovi to overtake? True. As Ovi makes his climb, Bobby Hall's not even mentioned. But 
he has Bobby Hall has over 900 goals if you combine the WHA. Not that people always do, but some people do. They do when it comes to Gretzky and how often in the conversation, and they don't. When it comes to Bobby Hall, at least I don't hear it much. Good point, Andy Pine. Yeah, that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. Bobby Hall as well. A lot of people said the first one to curve the stick. I don't know. I've been reading different accounts. I believe it was Stan Makita and some say even earlier. He was on the Blackhawks, the first group, I guess, that started to do it. We have his stick in the basement. The boomerang curve is uh, it's incredible. And, uh, you know, Bobby Hall, I met him a few times. Huge, huge forearms and wrists on the guy. And when you, if you would, we had a stick in the basement. If you were to see the stick and how flimsy and short it was for how to such a big guy, it's amazing. You, you wonder what he would have done with a one piece, you know? But uh, that's the evolution of hockey. That's the way it goes. Nevertheless, what uh, what a gun Bobby Hall is reading his goals. 50, 31, 43, 39, 54, 52, 44, 58, 38, 50, 44. Man. A lot of snipes. 79, 80 Hartford Whalers. Didn't even know he played for Hartford. Had no idea. What else is going on out there? A lot of people ask me about movies. I am, uh, and um, what my favorites of the year were, and I'm catching up. So because of that, I just ordered Amazon Prime. And I watched a movie last night called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And uh, it was wild. Sci-fi kind of adventure movie uh, that involves, I suppose you could say, time travel or a, a twisted version of it. And there's a lot of existential kind of philosophical questions. You know, what if, butterfly effect type stuff. And I didn't know what to expect. It's apparently going to be, or if it's not already, I, I suppose it is nominated for multiple Academy Awards. And that stuff's always subjective. You always wonder, right? I mean, I could take the award shows or leave them. At this point, it's a lot of grandstanding and virtue signaling. And I get it. People have an opinion. It's totally fine. But the award shows are a little bit over the top that way. You know, I mean, I appreciate philanthropic work and concern on the parts of a bunch of actors. And for the most part, their heart's in the right place. But it's a little overdone here, getting up to get your award and, and just bringing in something, world hunger and whatnot. I don't want to get into it because each each specific cause, whether it's Black Lives Matter or police brutality or... Uh, you know, starving people overseas or war or whatever. I mean, usually, you know, people get up there and it's 
very worthy causes they're talking about. I don't know, something that rubs me wrong with the constantly peeping up there telling you what to do at the award shows, you know. Um, and they've become so political that I've kind of tuned out over the last few years. And also, I think they're, they try to overdo it. You know, I know it's all inclusive here, but you can't do everything in one year. You know, just because you give, you know, a bunch of Oscars to cultures that probably wouldn't get it before. It doesn't make everything right. You know, they're just awards. It's totally subjective. It means really nothing. It's a celebration. I'm glad you include everybody or try to. It's awesome, but uh, I don't know. To me, it's it's always shines a light. Here, this everything everywhere all at once is a, dare I say, I'm allowed to say the words Asian. Am I, can I say that? Um, I don't even know anymore. Penny Lane asked me, can I say the word black when I'm talking about black people? I said, well, of course. I, I, and it is starting to feel weird to say that. I, I don't know what to say. Uh, but this movie is, I'm, I'm guessing, let's see. Um, so English, Cantonese, Critics' Choice for Best Picture was great. I'm just trying to figure out the origin. Um, and I really... You know, can I say that? It's it's an Asian movie. Can I can I say those words? I mean, there's Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, but it seems to me let's see. Doesn't really say. Where the hell eat my words here? Where the hell is this? The film I'm reading about it, production. I don't know. Anyway, um, it seems like a foreign film to me um, because I'm just digging and digging and digging because I, I, I don't know if I can say it because there's a lot of Asian people in it, I, I guess. Fuck, I'm going to be in trouble. I can feel it. Uh, it was great, too. I loved it. Um, God, it was filmed in California. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I'm the one that uh, needs to wake up. In any case, it's, uh, I mean, they say the word Chinese in the movie. Oh, God, I'm trying to just correct everything I just said. Anyway, well, yeah, it, you know, it's good. I, I like it. It was a good movie. There are people that are not white in it, um, you know, which is awesome. It's I don't I don't know, really know where to go with this. I've, I've dug myself into a corner. Um, I've painted myself into a corner. Um, I'm glad. Let me rephrase everything. I'm glad the Oscars are more inclusive than they were, of course. Uh, and I don't think it's just in the awards were given out. I think, you know, for years, 
There just wasn't a lot of opportunity, at least in North American movies, for many minorities. Now there is. Great. Everybody's happy, right? Uh, I'm just saying it's all subjective. You can just, you know, some young black man can get shit kicked and murdered by cops. And we can give out as many Oscars we want to black people. It's really not going to solve anything. Because, again, it's all subjective and it's an award show. And then when people get up and say, you know, I'd like my award, but I'm going to give it back because people are need a sandwich in Ethiopia. I, I do understand where they're coming from. It's just there's a lot of other ways, I suppose, as much as a guy like Sean Penn annoys me. He, he does. He, and not, not for, I shouldn't say that, man. He doesn't really annoy me that much. Um, yeah, that was a bad way to put it. Sean Penn doesn't really annoy me. At least he goes and does something. He's pretty vocal, but, you know, this guy, like, goes to Haiti and meets the people and finds out the root of a problem. Uh, you know, this guy walks the walk, and not every celebrity does that. Um, you know, it's one thing to say something in an interview. It's another thing to put boots on the ground and travel the world. And a lot of people do that. And there's a difference. I just find the award shows go a little bit overboard lately. You know, they do. Um, but I suppose it's a, it's for a good cause. So where do you stand on that? I don't really care. Do I watch them? Nah, I tune in to see who's going to win. I, again, Award shows to me have become boring. People knock the hosts when they're up there and everybody's offended. That's the other thing. It's not so much grandstanding. It's how offended everybody gets, which kind of sucks because I, there was a time I enjoyed. It's been a while, but there was a time I enjoyed watching the Oscars, watching the Grammys. Um, and I still think that... Uh, you know, the movies who tend to win are good movies. I just think there's a lot of them. How do I know who did the best job at acting, you know? Best supporting actress or actor. I don't even think you can say actress anymore, can you? I don't think you can. I mean, you can say anything you want, but I don't think actress is, is the word of choice anymore. I think that's maybe frowned upon. <clears throat> I think everybody's an actor, and there's female actors and there's male actors, I believe. Uh, in any case, who am I to say who did the best job, you know? And there's so many films, like, there's so much. I could look just locally in Newfoundland, right, and see a good performance. It'll never be up for an Oscar. It's got to be some level of commercial success. It has to go through the Academy, right? It has to be nominated by, I don't know what it is, I'm guessing multiple members. You know, and there's films being made in every state and every province, and that's just Canada and the U.S., then you get all over the world, um, guest of the show, Darren Van Dam. I had him on, <clears throat> I believe it was in the summer. And he's a film critic. And like he said, you know, like he, he feeds me some movies from Indonesia, from Poland, that are every bit as good as what we're putting out there. So it's just an award show. It's not even like if you in a sport, you know, you're, you can get lucky 
you can get a bounce, but generally, say in the Stanley Cup playoffs, after four rounds of, of four out of sevens, the winner of the Stanley Cup has, you know, you can declare an, a winner. There's no dispute there. You might have gotten lucky. Something might have happened. The other team might have had injuries. You might have reasons that you say your team won or you say your team lost. But ultimately, there's a process, and the team left standing, whoever wins the Super Bowl, is there because they won their playoff games. They finished a certain place in the regular season. They have so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, and that's why they're going to beat you. But when it comes to acting, who's to say one performance is any better than another? Right? It's gibberish. Now, I use it as definitely as a kind of a measuring stick. I often host Oscars, go back and say, okay, what one? I'll check it out. Right now I'm going through some of the nominations and uh, <clears throat> like I said, that's that's what, what brought me to that movie last night. And uh, also watch Bullet Train. That was okay. It's exactly what I expected. People said, ah, it was, wasn't very good. You know, Brad Pitt's mailed it in. Uh, it's been done before. Action kind of revenge-ish, whodunit kind of movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it is exactly what I expected. Uh, I guess it was, uh, you know, mobster kind of. I mean, loosely, loosely, there's loose similarities with Pulp Fiction, maybe Reservoir Dogs. Uh, but those are superior movies. Bullet Train, uh, you know... That's not really a knock on me. It's been done before. Everything's been done before. Usually everything can go back to Shakespeare, to be honest. Most plots and intertwining character development and situations, a lot of it can go back to Shakespeare. Most things have been done, but this one, just like this one last night, everything, everywhere, all at once. It's one of those things. I mean, of course, there's been sci-fi movies that deal with time travel and what if and butterfly effects and but this is a unique take on it anyway so i loved it i can uh to me my measuring stick is is like what's fresh this was fresh even though like i said the kind of concept had been done before i thought it was real unique and uh made me think so Everybody has a different opinion. For me, definitely one of the best movies of the year. But what I'll do now, I'll run through and I'll watch all 10 nominations and see, you know, okay, what do I think would have won? And I'll just force myself because last night wasn't the kind of movie I would normally watch. But anyway, it was pretty good. I'm sure I offended somebody there, but that's it. It was pretty good. For those of you in central Newfoundland, mainly, uh, specifically, I should say, Clarenville Thursday, Twillingate Friday, and Springdale Saturday, I'll be playing with the uh, with Wendell Clark and Friends NHL alumni. Who's going? All I know right now is myself, Wendell, Ally Afraidy, Ron Duguay, Lucien. Deblois. I know 
we're going to come to those towns Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. There could be another player or two. Not really sure. I just have my itinerary. And I'll be driving. Looking forward to that, driving Wendell Clark. Every day you get to uh, drive Wendell. I know Ally Afraidy pretty well by now, and, and Rick Vive coached against me. We hung out a few times. There's an underrated player for you. Um, but Wendell, Wendell and I have, we've, I went on one of these tours before with them. I was a little nervous, to be honest. I, it does still happen. People don't believe it. Uh, <laughs> but it does. And uh, so I had some, and I and I also, he was at Dale Howard Chuck's golf tournament in Muskoka when I spoke there, which was a lot of fun to take my stand-up act sort of thing to a bunch of uh, Hall of Fame NHL players that were golfing. That was 2017, I believe. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I think Wendell had a place up there in Muskoka, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, anyway, so we've come across each other a few times now, but our Big Al has been in the basement and everything. And uh, with Wendell, I, uh, you know, it's always nice to get to know a, a legend like that a little bit more. I mean, I really looked up to Wendell, the way he played. Not that I could ever reproduce it. He was such a fucking unreal hitter, and his center of gravity was nuts. Wendell Clark, he went first overall as a defenseman, too, I believe. He was a D in junior. First overall, gets moved up to forward, has 30-odd fights that year. Just stuff that will never happen, right? Just one second, my mom's calling. Hello? Here, just one second. I'm recording my podcast. One sec. One sec. There we go. Sorry about that. My uh, my mom is giving uh, my car's out of commission. It has been for a week. Waiting on a part, so my mom is driving Penny Lane to school. As I record this right now, it's 10 after 7 as we speak, so I guess I went on air at about 6.40. I was I talking about Wendell Clark? Look that up, man. Some of these, uh, a lot of newer fans to the game and younger people in general don't realize the impact that he had, man. Wendell Clark was just a beast out there. A beast, too. I'm not, I don't want to overuse that word, but he was truly, there was a lot of things about Wendell Clark as a player that were truly unbelievable, like unbelievable in that, in my mind, in that he was a defenseman, a lot of people don't even realize that. And he just came in and became a force at forward in the NHL. And as much for going to the net and getting some hard goals, he was a smart player. I think he was so gritty and so like a Tasmanian devil, like a bowling ball that just a vicious bowling ball that just skated around and Man, if he made contact, just a hard, hard hitter. Watch Wendell Clark's best hits. And then he would fight like the big, tough guys in the league. I remember a great one with Marty McSorley. Um, you know, he had Toronto in the palm of his hand. Ran into a lot of injuries. Then came trades and second tries and free agency. and Much like Eric Lindros, you know, not that they're the same. Lindros was way bigger. But they played 
they were imposing forwards, man. They really, really put their body through the ringer. And both players remind me, well, both guys first overall, right? I, you know, there's a, the similarities, there's probably more differences. When you think about Lindros as big and shot right and led the NHL in scoring one year, lockout year, but I believe he did. He got the MVP. Clark was uh, a lot shorter, shot left. Like I said, his origins are on defense. Uh, wasn't as flashy with the puck. Lindros still had, you know, a little. Lindros was also, you know, one of the most creative players. I won't say he was as fluent as Mario Lemieux, but he was big like that and uh, hit more and was, was kind of underrated when it came to his vision on the ice. Well, Clark had great vision too. It's just that most highlights involve him and a, another player, another player hitting the ice, whether it was a fight or a hit, but. Clark could score too, man, and uh, respected by everybody in the league. An absolute beast, man. And uh, so to get a chance to hang out with Wendell, we're going to drive across Newfoundland. I consider that a real unique opportunity. You know, and I that's another thing that I'll... Like, it doesn't get lost to me how lucky I am to be able to do that, right? I mean, I'm a fan. I feel like sometimes po I'm a poser when I go out and play these things. And I know I played in the NHL, and, and you know, I'm on Shorzy, and people like that, and there will be people there that I'll be signing autographs for. But, you know, as a fan, I'm in awe of some of those players and definitely Wendell the most. You know, I Wendell was drafted, I think, in 84. I'm, I'm, I'm six turning seven. Uh you know, and then became a force over the next decade, really. And while I was just coming of age, you know, like while I was, everything I did to try to get to the NHL, you know, and all that, which included watching a lot. I don't mean just moving away and, and, and shooting the puck in the net. I mean, watching a lot of hockey. That's another thing a lot of people don't talk about. Yeah, we didn't do video practices or video timeouts back then or anything, but we watched a lot of hockey and that helps you get better. And, you know, I was watching, of course I was watching the Canadians. They were my favorite team. I loved Chris Nyland and, and company, but you know, when it came to the rough stuff, I liked Chris Nyland, but you know, I wasn't a Leafs fan. You were kind of taught to hate the Leafs, but I couldn't hate Wendell Clark. I just thought that he was the cat's ass. You know, there were players around the league, Rick Tockett, Cam Neely, that played for teams that, you know, as a Canadians fan, you'd probably hate geez, Cam Neely with Boston. But, but uh, you know, they were, there was no denying that if you're a young player, especially a someone that's deemed, quote-unquote, a power forward, you, uh, you know, you look up to those guys and... You know, try to at least shape your game after them a little bit. I knew I could never be a hitter like Clark, but uh, you could definitely, you know, I remember, I even remember Bob Lauk showing us some of his corner work. Tri-City, we're a little bit ahead of the game like that. We did do some video, not quite on our own games, but I remember Bob Lauk and Pat Lawyer coming in with some videos on, on NHL players. <clears throat> I remember him showing me 
some corner work from Wendell Clark. And there used to be a guy on uh, Philadelphia, Tim Kerr, big right-hand shot forward. And uh, who was the player on Montreal? Oh, God, Billy. I got to get it. One sec. I got to look it up. Bobby Smith. Bobby Smith. Now, there's a guy underrated. Minnesota and Montreal. Okay, played in Minnesota for like eight or nine years. Montreal for seven. And, I mean, he's got a Stanley Cup with the 86 Habs. And his numbers are great. And you just don't even think about him on those teams. 80 games, 32 goals, 51 assists, 83 points. Stanley Cup, thank you. 78 games, 93 points. 80 games, another 83 points. 79 games, 86 points. Like every year, Bobby Smith, and you don't even hear anybody talk about him anymore. Or or even then, you know, you would think Bob Ganey, um, Matt Nasland, Guy Lafleur, of course, Guy Carboneau, Ryan Walter, Larry Robinson, Bob Ganey, right? Steve Shutt, Nyland. You would think of these guys, but Bobby Smith was always right up there scoring, and he could handle himself. Wasn't a goon or anything. He could handle himself. But the point being, I remember Bob Lauks taking us in, and at least me and a couple of the guys, he didn't force it on us, but, you know, I wanted to get better and stuff in junior. It was a little bit different prep, but I wanted to get better. So he would uh, show us tips in front, where to position yourself in front of the net. And I remember Wendell Clark, even though I couldn't do what he could do, just he was so unique with that short, stocky kind of build that I knew I'd never have. But still, he put his body in the right positions. He used his legs, um, you know, in a very – he was strong on the puck using his legs. Like Sidney Crosby. Look at Sidney Crosby when he when he skates around in the offensive zone and he goes 10-2, and two, he shoots the puck, he gets down real low. There's things Crosby's doing with his legs that other people aren't. Uh, and Clark was kind of like that in the corner. He was more bullish, but his whole approach and getting the puck and he used to fire it in. Like, he used to, there's dumping the puck and then there's like slow dumping it. Clark would like flip it into the corner slowly and then start charging. So the D would go back to get it. And then he'd run him through the boards and you'd probably end up with the puck. Maybe an injured defenseman, at least a scared defenseman. <laughs> anyway, and they didn't really, now it's penalty a lot of the time, but back then you could, um, you could do that. You could also hold the guy up with your stick. It was a different game, but anyway, Wendell Clark was great at what he did. But I remember that and showing us Tim Kerr and Bobby Smith in front of the net and how they would tip the puck and where would they would go for positioning. And and I remember really, really uh, sticking with me, you know. And so all these years later, to be driving out to Clarenville, where I played senior for a couple of years, we lost in the Allen Cup final, actually, in those or, what was that, 2016, maybe? Um, you know, it's kind of surreal, to be honest. It's kind of surreal. So if you're in any of those places, that's where I'll be. And February 10th, I'll be in Truro, Nova Scotia, for the same sort of thing. I know it's me and Shane Corson. I'm not sure who else, but we're going to be there and uh, 
we're going to be playing a charity game, and we're going to, I believe, have a silent auction and some beers and food with the community after. And I'm really looking forward to that. I love Turo. Um, and a lot of people probably wouldn't say that. They'd go, let's go to Halifax. I like Truro. I had friends play junior there, and I love the Maritime Junior League. Whenever I'm in those uh, a city that has a team, I try to go watch. So some years I don't get to any games. Some years I get to 10. But uh, over the course of my hockey existence, and, you know, when I left to go away to BC, and you know that story, well, my friends, a lot of them went to the Maritime Junior League. So I've always had a place in my heart for it, I suppose. And uh, of those teams, I've been to see a lot of games in uh, Truro and Yarmouth, probably the most. And uh, so I'm looking forward to getting back. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus. For a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So, what are you waiting for? Download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Again, that's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. You've probably found that the smallest changes to your routine can actually make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something you use every day, just like Raycon earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycon start at half the price of other premium audio brands. That means you don't have to choose between products. You can get one of each, or a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. Again, that's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Okay, a few people asked who I think is going to win the Super Bowl. I don't give much airtime to football, although I don't know why. I really enjoy it and watching it, and I don't think I would have played it or been I probably wouldn't have had time for it. There's other sports I like too much, but if I respect it and uh like I said I enjoy looking forward to it on Sunday making a small but making a bet and uh, learning it that way. And who do I think? I don't know, man. I 
Kansas City, I suppose. I, I, I know enough about it. I watch. I, I wouldn't trust me analyzing the, the sport of football because I just don't know the rules well enough. I mean, I know the rules basically, but there's always something happens, or especially the refereeing now. It's very confusing, and when you can hit guys and when you can't, and you know all these flags. I don't always know exactly what situation would call for this play or that play. But for the most part, I have an idea. And I'm thinking what I'm looking at, it's hard for me to not, it's hard for me not to say Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the league. I mean, he at least to watch. And knowing what most quarterbacks bring to the table and what it takes to be good. I mean, you know, I know Tom Brady's never been like a, a huge runner. And he's not known for this crazy mobility like Mahomes. But, I mean, he's got seven Super Bowls, more than any other team. So Brady would have to be the GOAT, right? Now, Rodgers and over the years, I mean, I watched, I don't know who else, Brett Favre and Eli Manning and Peyton Manning. And there's been lots of great, great, great quarterbacks, right? And I generally, even before I watched, I mean, I, I knew Peyton Manning was. I would watch enough. Now I tend to watch every week, so I know all the quarterbacks. I know a lot of the receivers, and um, I'm starting to even kind of figure out who the good linebackers are and things, which used to go in one ear and out the other. But, and again, I don't want to be one to analyze the sport of football, which I never played, and I don't really feel qualified doing, but Patrick Mahomes is next level and I'm just seeing what he does out there and it's hard for me to say that any team he plays on doesn't have a chance now I know the Eagles are are great oh uh just one second there's my mom again what sorry about that it's chaos here Penny Lane's going to school um yeah so getting back football uh yeah I'm I mean I never really would want to count Kansas City out. Just, to, you know, not that I think Jalen Hurts is bad or the Eagles got a great fucking team. They might even be favored. They might be. Just asking me for my little opinion. And I don't care who Kansas City comes up against. It's It's just going to be tough. And they've got, I mean, they're pretty deep. It doesn't seem like they have many flaws. Maybe early, really, really early on the year it did. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'll just for shits and giggles. This is a coin flip, but for, for me, I'll say Kansas City because um, I think Mahomes has the biggest X factor of both squads. Uh, and I know I'm discounting a lot there, but just from my perspective, I find that uh, what's it, the brothers, Travis and what's his brother's name, Jason Kelsey. That's a unique story, too. It really is. But uh, Travis Kelsey, um, tight end, is he? Um, he's playing hurt. Uh, I believe Mahomes was playing hurt to a degree. And I think they maybe blew it out of proportion for mental reasons. But, uh, I mean, who knows? Who am I to say? I just think... 
that uh, I'm going to put my money on Kansas City. Now, I wouldn't listen to me and do the same thing if you are on the fence, but uh, yeah, it's hard for me to bet against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. It has been all year. You know when you go to fill out a pro line and you can, like this year it took me, it took a while, but I finally could bet against Brady. I couldn't do that for a while. It just didn't feel right. <laughs> well, it doesn't feel right betting against Mahomes. I just, it, I can't put the pen to paper to do it. I just can't do it um, when I watch him play. And it's not only, you know, it's not only just what I think is going to happen. I kind of want him to win. Like, I, I enjoy that player. I enjoy, when it comes to hockey, I remember some of those years in the 2010s, early 2010s. And uh, when the league was maybe lacking, of course, it had Crosby and Ovechkin, but it hadn't quite opened up to where it is now. There's no one definitely doing the Michigan. Now it's done every second game. It's not even news anymore. You know, uh, McDavid wasn't in the league yet. He didn't have this Segris pretty plays and things. But I enjoyed watching Patrick Kane. And the, uh, didn't the Hawks win two for sure? Maybe three of those cups. They were at least two in a final, whatever it was. And multiple cups. And it was just hard for me to bet against. It wasn't just the Blackhawks. It was Patrick Kane. And I feel like that with Mahomes. Like, just because it wasn't just my gut feeling about what was going to happen. It's that I loved watching him so much. Like, I've never been a huge Blackhawks fan. I like their jersey. I, You know, Bobby Hull played there, of course. Rest in peace. Um. I got fucking knocked out there for the most part by Ryan Vandenbush. Uh, it always intrigued me. I don't, it, it's just, you know, I grew up a Habs fan. And after that, I'm impartial as an adult. I want to see my friends succeed. But I had no reason really to cheer for the Hawks. It's just that I loved watching Kane. So when I was watching, you know, I romanticized it a bit in my head, I suppose, and I wanted him to get the goal, which he did more than once. He's clutch, too. I feel the same way about Mahomes. Right? So, does it make me a fan? I don't know. Maybe. It makes, it definitely helps my decision. It sways my decision. Um, not even big into golf, but when Tiger was doing his thing, I just love to see greatness, you know? And it comes in different forms, and especially when it's a, a, a different kind of a unique playbook that I'm watching. And I find Mahomes is unique. So many positional players come through and are similar to the person who came before them. But... Mahomes is one of those people that I don't think he plays like anybody. Uh, I, I think that he he's unique in many ways, even in the way he carries himself off the field. And, you know, he seems to be fairly humble and give his teammates credit. And uh, he's a concerned leader uh, with not only himself, but with other people, his other teammates and fans. He actually cares with the fans who pay the money. <clears throat> You know what they think, and I—I I don't know. He's a throwback in a few few ways, and he's an absolute 
futuristic player on others. <laughs> but anyway, there you go. I, uh, I'll pick the Kansas City Chiefs for those reasons. Okay. Music. So this week, you know, I was listening to a song last night. This week, it's not going to be anything deep. There's not going to be any huge meaning behind this song. It didn't influence a thousand bands. It's not going to go down as one of the best songs ever. It's not important, but it's just a good groove, okay? It's a good tune. Uh, so the guy's name is Rocky Burnett, and the song is Tired of Toe in the Line, okay? And this song, it, worth it to look at on YouTube. There's three or four takes on YouTube. Rocky Burnett must have been so happy. I've seen him interviewed on some of these old shows and uh he pretty much admits it he's just like you know this song i was so fortunate that it came into my life i mean it, it's a one-hit wonder kind of along the lines of a lot of you might know brandy or fine girl by the looking glass if you don't know the song i'm talking about play it great tune brandy you're a fine girl an absolutely beautiful song the comparison I'm drawing is that the looking glass don't have anything else they have another minor hit jimmy loves marianne it's not a great tune in my mind, I mean, it's all subjective, just like the Oscars, right? But uh, um, it's, uh, yeah, Brandy, you're fine, girl. It's just, it's a one-hit wonder in the sense of, uh, you know, they just don't have anything else even remotely close. Well, it's like Rocky Burnett. I don't, you know, they're, they don't have, or Rocky Burnett doesn't have, Anything else in my mind, I've only listened. He doesn't have a huge collection, at least not that I know of. There's three or four records that my dad has. I listen to all of them. I listen to his stuff on Spotify. There's nothing that hits me even close to Tired of Toe in the Line. So it was right place, right time. He wrote it with um, God. the dude. dude was played in the Everly Brothers. I know that. Hold on. Yeah, the Everly Brothers, by the way, wasn't just the Everly Brothers. They had backup singers. They had session musicians. Uh, Tyler told the line. Rocky Burnett. Here we go. Wrote it with Ron Coleman. That's the guy's name. And uh, Ron Coleman was a bass player in the Everly Brothers. So anyway, it's not just a good tune. And the videos are great because you can just see that he's loving life. And he's usually got some girls there, backup dancers with him. And he's got his hair flowing down. He just looks so happy singing the song. And he doesn't usually have a follow-up or ever because he really doesn't have that big of a catalog, at least of good songs. Now, maybe I'm misspeaking here. Maybe he's like this huge fucking legend in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, or or Lake fucking Charles, Texas. I, I, I don't know. But I know that I've listened to all his stuff, and to me, there's not much as good as that. It's just a great riff. I'll leave you with that. Uh, and I guess a little bit of trivia. His father, so that song went to number eight on the charts, the Billboard charts in the U.S. And uh, his dad also had a song go to number eight. Neither one of them had one go any further. His dad was named Johnny Burnett and had a song that the Beatles ended up putting out. Ringo sang it. You're 16, you're 16, you're beautiful and you're mine. That was a Johnny Burnett original. In, uh, I suppose the Beatles would have put it out in 64, 63 or 64, right, right around the time they came to America. But Johnny Burnett put it out in 61, which is also a decent song. 
But uh, check it out, Rocky Burnett, Tired of Toe in the Line. It's uh, I just love the guitar riff in there. It's one of my favorites. And Rocky seems like a guy who's kind of happy with his good fortune and realizes that uh, his timing was impeccable when it came to that song. At least it's what it seems like to me when I see him interviewed and when I, uh, well, I don't see him interviewed much anymore, but, you know, you see those old channels. And... Anyway, it's a song that's always stuck with me, and it was always played back in the days of my dad's senior hockey when Jeremy Charles and I were upstairs. And we'd get the invite down, and they'd let us play play records for them, but it had to be out of their collection. Couldn't be our records. And so I got into a lot of, lot of bands like uh, Little Looking Glass and Rocky Burnett and Company during that time. Well, there was no plan here today. Uh, and uh, tomorrow, I'm, I'm, because I'm doing those games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm going to have a guest on tomorrow. It might be Sheriff McMorrow. We're going to have Andrew Shaw. Just uh, Last week it was his schedule, and this week it's mine. But uh, maybe Sheriff McMorrow we'll have on here tomorrow. I'm not really sure. He's... he's uh, shown up in my dms here quite a bit lately we've been back and forth and i'd love to get him on anyway i just wanted to pick his brain about a few other things so maybe we'll just do it live why not a good hockey mind a good hockey player a good hockey fella good hockey teammate why not have a guy like that on the show again folks if you're downtown st john's do me a favor if you're going to go get a beer do it at trinity pub tj's pub rob boy confusion Green Sleeves, Martini Bar, or Bull and Barrel. If you're going to go for a bite to eat, Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, and Wedgwood Cafe, that's where I like to go. If you're having car trouble or you just want to get a checkup, check out Mr. Lube on Torbay Road and Kenmount Road, two locations right here in St. John's. Live, laugh, lube. Rope Walk Lane, power conditioning. I'm telling you right now, it's changed my life. Strength and balance for the body and mind. Power Conditioning Rope Walk Lane, reach out right away. They have all kinds of programs for children, for uh, professional athletes, for adults that just want to get back in the rhythm. They've got something for everybody, and it really, really works, or else I wouldn't be going there. Pitbull Pain Relief, pitbullpainrelief.com. The Pitbull Pain Relief sticks are second to none. I mean it. I've used Tiger Bomb. I've used Deep Cold. I've used all of it. And these things are a godsend for an aging athlete like myself that has arthritic tendencies. They are absolutely gold, and I use them five days a week. That's no joke. Uh, whenever I go out, I'm playing hockey this afternoon, I'll be using my Pitbull Pain Relief Pain Stick for sure. True hockey, take what's yours. Folks, I'll be back in just a couple of days with another fantastic guest. Thanks for tuning in to... Tales with TR episode 140A. I'll be back soon. I'll catch you guys on the rebound.